Jesus says, now the people who are really blessed are the people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In other words, when it comes to righteousness, the people who are really blessed are not the ones who think they have it. They're the ones who know they need it. Friends, this is very important because this is describing to us what it feels like to be a Christian. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick and uh, first part of a message, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And Colin, I guess there are many of us who want to live a holier life and be closer to God. So today's message should be helpful. I want to feel holy. That is not going to (laughs) happen. It is not going to happen. You know, a lot of people who are not Christians slate the Christian church because they say, well, you know, you're just holier than thou and you're setting yourself up as being morally superior and so forth. And so when a person becomes a Christian, It's easy for that person to have the idea, well, now having committed my life to Christ, I'm going to feel that I am holy. And actually what happens is that when a person is growing as a Christian, you become more and more aware of your own sinfulness, your own need. And that's why Jesus speaks about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. It's not saying, hey, I'm now the most righteous person. It's a growing awareness of how much I need to grow in righteousness. And I'm feeling that because the light of the Holy Spirit is shining into the great need of my own soul. So that's what it feels like to be a Christian, and I hope it will be very encouraging for folks today uh, to get a biblical handle on this. So do join us as we open up God's Word together in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 as we begin the message, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Here's Colin. Now, the fourth beatitude is really a turning point in our series. The first three, as we've seen, have really been about our own need, about our desperate position. We started with uh, this truth, blessed are the poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit means that I know that before God, I do not have what it takes. Then we read, blessed are those who mourn. Why would I mourn? I mourn because seeing my own spiritual poverty, I now I'm compelled to see that my own sins are not few, but they are many. They have been costly to me, they have been costly to others, and they have been supremely costly to my Lord Jesus Christ. From that, we came to the next beatitude, blessed are the meek. What is that? I grow in meekness because I see that God has not treated me as my sins deserve, but he has shown me grace, he has shown me kindness, he has shown me favor. And as I have received this, so that begins to work in the heart of the receiver. So these first three Beatitudes then are all about seeing our own position. And the fourth Beatitude really moves us forward from there because it speaks to us about the desire that arises out of the work of the Holy Spirit in the first three. At the beginning of the series, I suggested that there is actually, using our orchard language, a roots life fruit pattern in the Beatitudes. Think of it this way. Uh, these first three Beatitudes deal with the roots of a growing and thriving spiritual life, being poor in spirit, mourning, becoming meek rather than being self-willed or defiant towards God. I've come to see I don't have the wisdom to lead my own life rightly. And so I, I, I submit to the hand of God in the light of that. That's what we saw meekness is. These are the roots of a godly life. And out of these roots, what comes? Well, a life 
that is animated by a desire for something, a desire for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's a desire that comes out of these roots to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, a desire for godliness. And the desire to be godly is the very life that springs from the work of the Holy Spirit in a Christian believer. And then we'll see later in our series that out of this life, that comes from the roots. There is wonderful, beautiful fruit that Jesus Christ forms. Uh, Mercy, forgiving other people, and purity of heart comes out of all this. And, And the wonderful, wonderful gift of being a peacemaker And one more thing is added at the end. Uh, Know this, that if this root is in you and this life grows within you and this fruit is seen in you, you will be blessed by God, but you will also be persecuted by the world, says our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's the pattern. That's the overview. And we've come now to the turning point. We've seen the roots that give rise to this life. And now we're going to look at the life itself. And what is it all about? It is a hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now, again, we're following our usual pattern in which today we're going to try and get on the inside of what Jesus Christ is calling us to here. And then next week, God willing, we will look at how we can pursue uh, this life. So understanding what Jesus is calling us to in this fourth beatitude, our purpose today, our four headings, a relentless pursuit, a holy passion, a strange paradox, and a glorious prospect. Let's start here. A relentless pursuit. Blessed are those who, Jesus says, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Not those who have a vague interest, not those who consider righteousness from a distance. The words hunger and thirst speak of an intense desire that motivates action. A person who is really hungry will do almost anything to get food. And Jesus uses this word that suggests the the strongest of motives. It has energy in it. It drives decisive action. It's powerful. And this intense desire, this hunger and thirst for God, this Passion to pursue righteousness is a hallmark of a genuine Christian believer. Now, of course, you'll be familiar with this throughout the Bible. Listen to how David puts it in the Old Testament. He says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you. There's David. The Holy Spirit is at work within him. And the evidence of the life of the Spirit is this great thirst for God, this this hunger for God. Psalm 63 in verse 1, the same thing. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Think of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. What's so striking to me about what he says in Philippians in chapter 3 is that it's towards the end of his life. He's been in ministry for years. He's done just about everything that you could do in church planting. And towards the end of his life when he's in prison, what's he saying? I want to know Christ. Like he didn't know him already. I want to know more of him. That's the passion. I want to know more of the power of his resurrection and more even of the fellowship of his sufferings, writes this man, even while he is there in prison. 
So, so all through the Bible, there is this hallmark that when the Holy Spirit is present in a person's life, there's this hunger, there's this thirst, there's this passion that is energized to know more of God and to know more of his righteousness. Three observations about hunger. Very simply and obviously, hunger is a sign of need. When you're hungry, your body's telling you something. It's too long since your last meal. Hunger indicates an absence, an absence of food. It's the way in which the body indicates its need to you. And Jesus says, now the people who are really blessed, think about it, are the people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In other words, when it comes to righteousness, the people who are really blessed are not the ones who think they have it. They're the ones who know they need it. They hunger and thirst for it. Now, friends, this is very important because this is describing to us what it feels like to be a Christian. And some of us are newer Christians, and you, you think, you know, I, I really don't feel I'm a very holy person, and you wonder if that may mean that you're not actually a Christian. Let me tell you what it feels like to be a Christian. You do not feel that you have arrived when you're a real Christian. You find yourself longing for more of Christ. You, you say, I wish I was further on. That's the mark of genuine spiritual life in you. That should be an encouragement to every real Christian. Because not everyone is like that. Some people are confident of their own righteousness. Jesus said that about some folks, some Pharisees. And you remember, Jesus did not pronounce them blessed if they were confident of their own righteousness. Why? Because the blessing does not belong to people who see themselves as little paragons of virtue. No, the blessing Jesus is saying belongs to those who know their own need, who are very aware of how far they have to go and very, very little of how far they have come. And there are other people who, at the other end of the spectrum, as it were, they are very content in their own sins. They don't really feel a need to change. And Jesus does not pronounce these people blessed either. No, the, the blessing does not belong to people who are content to remain as they are. The blessing is on those who have a strong desire, Jesus says, to gain more of righteousness. If this is you, then Jesus says you are blessed. Hunger is a sign of need. Hunger is a sign of life. Nobody teaches a newborn baby to be hungry. You don't have mentoring on how to become hungry for newborn children, right? It simply arises out of the fact that there is life. Where there is life, there will be hunger. Spurgeon says this, to hunger after righteousness is the sign of spiritual life. Nobody who was spiritually dead ever did this. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you are spiritually alive. This is how you know you're a Christian that you experience this hunger within you. And Spurgeon again, he says, when the Spirit of God has changed our nature, that new nature hungers and thirsts after righteousness. The old nature never did, it never could, and it never would do so. So the flesh never hungers after righteousness. The flesh is always wanting to go and sin. If you have a hunger after righteousness, it is a sign that you are spiritually alive and thank God for it. Not only is a hunger a, a, a sign of need, not only is it an evidence of, of life, it's a sign of health, isn't it? When someone is unwell and they're beginning to recover 
and they start eating a little more. Oh, well, the doctor comes round and he's pleased that this is a good sign. Oh, you're getting your appetite back. That's a sign you're getting better. A healthy appetite is a sign of health. And losing an appetite may in some cases mean that something is seriously wrong within the body. Now apply this spiritually, because this is the analogy that the Lord Jesus is using here. If you have a deep longing within you to grow in Jesus Christ, that is a good statement about your spiritual health. The sign of spiritual health, understand this, is never to feel that you have arrived, but always to feel that you have a great longing for more and a sense that you have a long way still to go. This is what it's like to be a Christian. Let this encourage you. The mark of a Christian is that he never feels he has arrived at a righteous life. What does he do? He hungers. He thirsts after righteousness. You're listening to Pastor Colin Smith and Open the Bible and a message called Blessed Are Those Who Hunger and Thirst for Righteousness. And this message was originally part of a series called Momentum, talking about how we make progress in the Christian life. These messages were amongst the most popular over the last 12 months, and we've bundled the most popular 10 messages over the past 12 months into a series which we're calling Listener Favourites 2023. We've also put that series onto a set of CDs, and we're offering those as a free gift if you're able to set up a new donation to Open the Bible of £5 per month or more. Go to our website, openthebible.org.uk, for information about that offer. Now back to the message. Here's Colin. Here's the second thing. It's a relentless pursuit. That was the first. Second, it's a holy passion. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? For righteousness. For righteousness. Now, all of us folks are involved in a great search for satisfaction. The big question is where we think we'll find it. What do you think will satisfy you? Because whatever you think will satisfy you, that will become the consuming passion of your life. If you think that a certain achievement will satisfy you, then the consuming passion of your life will be that achievement. Because we all go after satisfaction. If you think that leisure or retirement is going to be the the thing that will satisfy you, then, then all your affections will be set on that. How long will it be until we get that? What do you think will give you satisfaction? Is it to be loved? Is it to be appreciated? Is it to get revenge? Whatever it is that you think will satisfy you most deeply, that will become the consuming passion of your life. And Jesus tells us right here there is one desire and only one that will be completely satisfied. The only one that is. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for this thing, righteousness. Why? Because they are the ones, and they alone ultimately, who are really going to be satisfied. Now, here's my question. Is this then what Christians today are looking for? Is it what we who profess faith in Jesus Christ, is this what we want? Is it what we're going after? 
Is this what we really want from God, this thing, righteousness, or or are we actually looking for something else? You go into a Christian bookshop, you'll see what Christians are looking for. It's a happy family life, growing churches, fulfillment in ministry. Try and find 10 books on the pursuit of righteousness. Is this what Christians want today? Or have we sold out to the idea that God is there to give us something else which we think is actually a higher priority? What do we know as those who profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ about this hunger for righteousness? We want to be blessed. Oh yes, we want to be blessed. To prosper. To have health to have peace, to have security. We want to be blessed. But think about this. Jesus did not say we are righteous if we hunger and thirst to be blessed. He said we are blessed if we hunger and thirst to be righteous. You see how easy it is to get the whole thing completely the wrong way around, even as Christian people? He did not say that we are righteous if we hunger and thirst to be blessed. He said we are blessed if we hunger and thirst to be righteous, which raises the question that I've been pondering, and I ask you to ponder, is this what I'm hungering and thirsting after? Is this what I really want from God? Or has the agenda of my life sold out to something else that I think ultimately is going to be more satisfying for me? Let me turn the question another way and put it this way. Why did Jesus Christ die? Now, if someone asks you that question, why did Jesus Christ endure everything that he went through on the cross? There are obviously many answers that you could give that are faithful to the Bible. You could say that Jesus Christ died that we might be forgiven. You could say that Jesus Christ died so that we might have eternal life. But I want to suggest to you that if you look at the great statements of the purpose of the death of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, you will find that God places something else at the center. Let me give you three examples, three of the greatest statements about the atonement in all of the New Testament. They all contain clear statements of what Christ did that are immediately backed up by why he did it. Number one, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15. Do you see the pattern here? What did Christ do? Christ died for all. Great statement. Why did he do that? Answer, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Why did he do it? so that there would be a transformed life that is no longer about the self, but gives evidence of the pursuit of righteousness. That's why he did what he did on the cross. Think of another one. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. What did Jesus do? He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Isn't that a marvelous thing? He bore your sins. But why did he do it? Here's why. 
that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. It's the same thing, the pursuit of a holy life. Number three, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. What did God do for us in Jesus Christ? For our sake, here's what he did. God made him who knew no sin to be sin. Christ himself became sin for us. And why did he do that? Why this extraordinary atonement? Answer, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So you put these together, and I could list many more, but just these three for the sake of time. We have to come to this conclusion, though we can state the purpose of the passion of Jesus Christ in many ways. The New Testament again and again and again focuses our minds and our hearts on this. The purpose of the passion of Jesus Christ is that we should have a passion for righteousness. It's that important. Christ died to redeem a people who no longer lived for themselves, but are marked by a passion for holiness, which is why he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Blessed, he said, are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? Because they are the ones who are going to be satisfied. So I have to ask this question. What then do I know about this mighty longing after God? This passion to live in a way that really pleases him, to be done with sin. Is that longing more intense than it was a year ago? Is it growing or is it receding? Have I become casual and compromised in my Christian life? Because in the light of the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ is calling me to this. He died for it. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the first part of the message, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And we'll return to the second part of the message next time. If you ever miss any of our messages, you can always catch up online. Go to our website, openthebible.org.uk. There you can stream any of our previous messages or download them for free as an MP3. Open the Bible does the work it does with support from our listeners. If you don't already give to the work of Open the Bible, but you feel you'd like to, please go to the website and hear about the offer that we have this month, which is that if you set up a new donation to Open the Bible of £5 per month or more, we'd love to send you a CD copy of the series we're featuring this month, Listener's Favourites 2023. Also on the Open the Bible website, you'll find Open the Bible Daily. These are a series of short two- to three-minute reflections written by Pastor Colin and read by Sue McLeish. There's a new one on the website every day. You can find Open the Bible on all the major social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. If you use any of these sites, we'd love it if you would follow us. We're easy to find. Our username is the same on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. It's at UK Open the Bible. On YouTube, it's at Open the Bible UK. You can also find us using the search on any of the sites, UK Open the Bible. Or you can always simply go to the Open the Bible website, that's openthebible.org.uk, go to the bottom of the homepage and click on your preferred social media symbol. Once you've found us on social media, please follow us or subscribe to our channel. And when you see one of our postings, please like it. 
Or better still, retweet or resend it with your thoughts and comments. That way we get seen by all your followers and they have the opportunity to follow us too. Let's grow the Open the Bible community. For Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and we hope you'll be able to tune in again for the second part of the message, Blessed Are Those Who Hunger and Thirst for Righteousness. That's next time on Open the Bible. What do you think will give satisfaction? Jesus tells us there's only one thing that will satisfy completely. Find out what that is next time on Open the Bible.